0: First of all, first of all, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's such an honor for me whenever I have a chance to, to share the word of God with you. And, and can we also put the, our hands together for our pastors? The Bible says to give honor to where honors is due. Come on, let's celebrate and honor Pastor Ray and Pastor Wendy for the work they're doing. And it's such an honor for us to collaborate with them in building the kingdom of God. Um, and so, so blessed to be here. Blessed, of course, I also want to honor my wife of 18 years, Camille, my two lovely daughters. Christina and Abigail, she's been such a blessing to me, and I'm so grateful to God for her. And so so this morning, we're we're, going to be talking about cultivating a winning mindset. Cultivating a winning mindset. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I couldn't help but think back at my days at the University of Michigan, where I had the privilege of being a student athlete there. And I remember when I was playing football there, there was a young man that we recruited from the state of California. He kind of a skinny kid at the time. He, he wasn't really that big, not uh, very uh, physically imposing, but he had a great heart. And I remember uh, my senior year, uh, he was a few years younger than me, and at that particular time, he... Uh, was on the, the third on the, uh, the string of our quarterbacks. And so uh, he actually didn't have an opportunity to play until his senior year. And even during his senior year, he had to battle it out with another player just to get a starting spot. And so finally, uh, this young man, he gets an opportunity to to start his senior year. And he has a good year, not a great year, but a good year. And uh, But he does good enough to get drafted into the NFL, and he gets picked up by uh, – the old team that I played for, the New England Patriots, and so we ended up drafting him. And a play happens where at the time, the starter that we had, Drew Bledsoe at the time, was running uh, across uh, the side of the, the field, and poof, he gets hit, he goes out, and Tom Brady comes in to fill in for him. Make a long story short, five Super Bowls later, and a national championship, he's considered one of the greatest players who ever played the game. And as someone who knew him way, way back when, when nobody knew who he was, when he was just a third-string quarterback on our team in college, one one thing that I remember most about Tom is that he had great heart and he had great effort. He wasn't the fastest guy. He wasn't the most skilled guy. He wasn't the, the strongest guy but he had an effort that could not be matched. And so the first principle I wanna talk about when we're cultivating a mindset is that a winner always gives their best effort, always. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, whatsoever your hands find to do, do it with all of your heart. In other words, give your best, best, very best effort. I'll never forget when Wow, it was back in 1997 when I was preparing uh, for the NFL draft, and uh, at the NFL Combine, the uh, teams will bring out scouts uh, that will look over the potential players. and And as they're scouting the players, there's there's a number of things that they look for, but probably the biggest thing that scouts look for when they're scouting professional players is will this person give their best effort on every single play. That's the biggest question they want to ask because it's easy for you to to play half the time. It's easy for you to give uh, half of an effort. But is this guy going to give 100% every single snap? Or is he going to be the kind of guy who takes plays off? Is he going to be the kind of guy who sometimes he plays hard and sometimes he doesn't? Sometimes he gives his best effort. Sometimes he doesn't. Is he going to take plays off? Is he, or is he going to give his best effort every single time? And, I begin to th- and when I begin to think about even how to evaluate players, I begin to think about even ourselves. And even sometimes we can be guilty of taking plays off in life. Even sometimes we can be guilty of not giving our best effort when it comes to our relationship with God or when it comes to our marriages or when it comes to our relationship with our children. Are we giving our best effort on every snap of life? Are we giving 100%? Do the people that you value most in your life, do they get the best of you or what's left of you? And so I began to even evaluate my own life and say, man, God, man, uh, am I giving my best effort? You see, see, scouts on sports teams, they say, listen, we're not going to invest... Millions of, do- millions of dollars in somebody who's not going to give a full effort every time. And, and often I say to myself, man, you know, I, I think sometimes God feels the same way about us. Why would I give maximum blessing in your life if I know that you're not going to go hard all the time? Does that make sense this morning? And so... To, to cultivate a winning mindset, you've got to be a person, man, you give your best effort ever, every, every single time. I'm reminded of the, the story of David when the Ark of the Covenant comes back from Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible says that David was so excited that the Ark was finally back that the Bible says that he danced before the Lord with all of his might. In other words, David gave his best effort. He danced with everything he had because he was so excited that the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, was back in the house of God. And so he danced with everything he had. And I believe one of the reasons why David was a man after God's own heart is because whenever God saw David, he said, you know what? That guy, that David, he's going to give me his best effort. He's going to give me everything he's got. And so a winner always gives their best effort. Not only do they always give their best effort, but a winner has a cause that is greater than himself. How many of you are familiar with the story of David and Goliath? How many know that story? Powerful story. Just to give a little bit of backdrop of some of you that may not know the story, uh, Goliath is one of the greatest, fires, uh, greatest fighters the Philistines have ever released. The scripture says, I mean, this guy was about 10 feet tall heavy armor, and so he goes to the Israelites, and he poses a challenge to them. He says, listen, what I want you to do is go find your best fighter, and if that fighter can kill me, then the Philistines will serve the Israelites. But if I kill the best fighter he got, then the Israelites will serve the Philistines. And so David, in 1 Samuel seventeen twenty six 26, he, he gets to a place, he, he hears about this uh, Philistine Goliath, and he hears about all the threats that he's posing against the, people, the children of Israel. And he poses the question. He says, what will be done to this man that kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? See, see David wasn't focused on just himself in this battle, but he was, he was focused on restoring respect to the nation of Israel. See, David's focus was Israel, not himself, because he understood that this battle is bigger than myself. This is not just me against Goliath. This is literally a nation against a nation. This is literally the people of Israel versus the Philistines. And so he understands that this is bigger than myself. See, you will never find your true self until you serve a cause that's greater than yourself, I'm going to say that again. You will never find your true self until you serve a cause that is greater than yourself. And so David, he, he realized that this, this is not just between me and Goliath. It's not just a battle between us, but this is bigger than me. See, serving a cause that's greater than you exposes your greatness. Think about this. Nobody heard about David until a cause came up that was greater than him. David was just in the background, a shepherd, in his daddy's house, just tending the sheep, protecting the sheep. But when a cause came that was greater than him, the greatness of David got exposed. Why? Because the, he found a cause that was greater than him. You know, Martin Luther King, before, before he stepped into a cause that was greater than him, he was just a normal Baptist preacher, just, just like any other Baptist preacher. But when he discovered a cause that was greater than himself, that normal Baptist preacher became one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time. Why, because he allowed himself to serve a cause that was greater than himself. And so David says, what's gonna be done with this person that removed the disgrace from Israel? This cause is greater than me. And he asked the question, And they pose the answer. They say, He repeated unto them, saying unto them, this is what's going to happen to the person who kills Goliath. And so David, he poses this question. He asks why, uh, what's going to happen to the person? Because he has to to see, listen, is this fight going to be worth it? And one of the things about uh, cultivating a winning mindset is a winner will always calculate risk versus reward. How many know that not everything is worth the risk? Not everything. And so David has to calculate. I I, I began to think about my own life when I start thinking about this risk versus reward. I mean, now you understand that I played the game of professional football. And and how many know professional football is dangerous? (laughs) You can get hurt. You can get paralyzed. You can get maimed. You can get uh, uh, all these injuries. Many guys that, have not, that are done playing, now they're dealing with concussion syndromes and all kind of stuff because they took the risk to p- uh, play professional football. And I look back at my own life. I said, man, you know, looking back on it, was it worth it? And I think about, man, you know, football for me, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is kind of like Texas, Pennsylvania. It's football crazy, man. Loves, everyone loves football in Pennsylvania, just like they love it here in Texas. And for me, it was a lifelong dream, and so for me, uh, the risk of physical injury versus fulfilling a lifelong dream, that was worth the risk for me. And not just athletic, how many of there are many dangerous careers out there. If, how many of you, how many of you uh, uh, have ever served in the military? <laughs> how many of you know, that's a dangerous job? There's great risk. You you could go out and serve in the military and not come back or come back with one leg or one arm. But because they have made the decision when they signed up for the military that the honor of this country is worth the risk and fighting for our freedom is worth the risk, they determine in their minds that the risk is worth it. And so David has to make that determination. And he makes that determination, because he says, "Listen, I could go against Goliath, and he could kill me. But see, if I don't try, it's going to affect the whole nation of Israel. See, see David understand this is not about me. This is about the nation of Israel, and me winning this battle is more important than my personal safety. He recognizes that the risk is worth the reward. Point number four. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart to the account of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight him. Number four, a winner is willing to do what others won't do. We're talking about cultivating a winning mindset. A winner is willing to do what others won't do. Everybody was scared of Goliath. Nobody wanted to fight him. They didn't want, this dude was 10 feet tall. He had, the Bible says that Goliath was a champion. You know what that means? He had never lost a battle. And so everyone was scared. But not David. David. See winners will do what others don't do. Watch this because they see what others don't see. <laughs> see see when all of Israel saw Goliath as a problem, that's not what David saw. David saw a possibility. when all of the people were scared and running away and said, how are we, how are we going to face it? David, David saw this, this is my moment, and I'm going to take it in the name of the Lord. While others saw a problem, David saw a possibility. You know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, of course we're here in Plano, and of course we know that uh, Toyota has moved here from California to Plano, and uh, it's got mixed reviews. I mean, some people look at Toyota moving to Plano as a problem. Oh, they're coming over here. All these people. North Dallas is already crowded. And all these people coming over here, and they're crowded even more. And then they, go, they got the nerve to rise, to, to, to rise the housing prices because now, now, now it's more expensive to buy a house. And I've been meaning to buy a house now. And, and they look at Toyota's move here as a problem. But if you're a business owner, if you own a hotel, come on. If you own a restaurant, more people for us. If you're a church, like City Church, and you see all those souls coming, Woo, we're going to get them. They're going to get to know Jesus. See, problems are a matter of perspective. <laughs> Some people look at Toyota moving, here's the problem. Some people have a different perspective, and they look at it as a possibility. Is anybody getting anything out of it this morning? So a winner will do what others don't do. Because they see what others don't see. Winners do what others don't do also because they're not afraid the Bible says, see, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, see, everybody was scared of Goliath because he was a champion, and he'd never been defeated. But see, David knew a champion too, a champion that lived on the inside of him who also has never been defeated. And David also said, listen, you may be a champion, but I got a champion inside of me that has never lost a battle. And so because he knew who he was and he knew who he belonged to and he knew who lived on the inside of him, he didn't have to be afraid. And he was able to do what others don't do. And so David, he makes this decision, man, I'm going to go fight Goliath. And as soon as he makes his decision, here come the doubters. Here come the critics. Here comes King Saul. He said, David, there ain't no way in God's green earth you're going to beat Goliath. No way, David. You're too young, and Goliath has been doing this way longer than you. And so when we start cultivating this winning mindset, see, one of the things you have to understand is a winner has to know how to deal with critics and doubters. They're gonna come. There's always somebody that's gonna try to tell you what you can and cannot do. Always somebody that's gonna try to tell you this and that, is, that's never been done before, it's, it's impossible. Can't be done. And so, as a person with a winning mentality, there's a number of ways you have to deal with these doubters. And the number one thing you have to do is consider the source. (laughs) Consider the source. Who is telling you you can't do it? Understand something. King Saul uh, was an interesting uh, fellow. Um, He was paranoid. He was. Schizophrenic, he was insecure, <laughs> uh, he had problems with anybody who looked better than him, and so, and, and so David says, okay, look, okay, I'm healthy, and you're broken, and a broken person is trying to give the healthy person advice? <laughs> <laughs> you, you trying to tell me just to touch somebody, to consider the source. Just consider the source. Number two, you, not only do you have to consider the source when you're dealing with critics, but you also have to focus on what you've got. Saul spent all his time trying to tell David what he didn't have. You're too young. You haven't been fighting long enough. You don't got this. You don't got that. He spent all this time trying to tell David what he didn't have and why he wasn't going to win. And what Saul failed to realize and what critics and doubters fail to realize and that oftentimes when God's going to use you, he doesn't use what you don't have. He uses what you do have. Do you remember the, the miracle of just, They come to Jesus and say, Jesus, there's no wine at this wedding. Well, what you got? (laughs) Oh, you got some water? And he took what they had and turned the water into wine. These people are starving. What are we going to do, little boy? What you got? Well, Jesus, I got two fish and five loaves. That's enough for me. And he fed the multitudes, not on what he didn't have, but what he did have. Moses, how are we going to get across this Red Sea? What what you got in your hand, Moses? Take the rod, stretch forth thy hand. And God used what Moses had to part the Red Sea. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, what you got? What you got? What you got? what you got. <laughs> because it is what you, ultimately, it is what you have that's going to get you the victory. This is why you shouldn't worry about what you don't have and what somebody else got. Because God's not going to use what they got. He's going to use what you got to get you the victory. And so, and so David's response to Saul, he said, listen, 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 listen. Okay, I, I, know, you, I know you don't think I can do it because oftentimes the reason the people that criticize you and, and say you're not going to do it because they weren't able to do it. And so they think because they weren't able to do it, you can't do it. Oh, Jesus. And he, start, and he says to Saul, he begins to explain to Saul his history and his process, which leads me to point number six. A winner knows the power of preparation. See, see, most people think that David killed Goliath when he hit him in the head with a rock from a slingshot. But that's not when he killed him. <laughs> he killed him when he was preparing as a shepherd in his father's house. When the bear came and the lion came, and tried to take the sheep, the Bible says that David ripped them apart. And little did David know that this fight he was having in private was going to prepare him for a public battle with Goliath. And so, and so when he beat Goliath, he, he beat him during preparation. Man, I, I remember I was watching this, uh, the Super Bowl. And Man, the Patriots, man, they're they down by 25. Atlanta is just whooping their behinds. And if you look on the sideline, nobody looked flustered. Nobody looked upset. Nobody looked worried. Because, see, when you're prepared, you don't have to panic. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to get upset. You don't have, when see, see, preparation nullifies panic in your life. And so they, they come back and win the game because they were prepared. I mean, think about, I mean, think about Jesus. See, see, most people think that Jesus died on the cross, but that's not when he died. He physically died on the cross. But, but in his mind and in his heart and in his will, he, he died way before the cross. This is why Jesus said, nobody takes my life. I do what? I lay it down. He, his life was laid down before he ever hit the cross. He was prepared. Preparation. Preparation. Jesus prepared 30 years for three years of ministry. Think about that. 30 years for three years of ministry. Most people they got it the other, they want to do three years and do 30 years of ministry. He was prepared. He understands the significance of being prepared. And so the scripture goes on, and and so David has this dialogue with Saul, and he tells him about all his experience and the process that he's been through in order to get to this place with Saul and, and with Goliath. And so the Bible, Saul finally says, okay, look, David, okay, fine. You're ready, let's go to battle. And the Bible says something interesting. The Bible says, That Saul goes and gets his armor, his tunic, his weaponry, and tries to put it on David. And David responds to him. And David says, listen, Saul, thanks, but no thanks. I can't wear your armor. I can't do things the way that you did it. I've got to, and as we dive into point number seven, a winner embraces their authentic self. In other words, Saul, I got to be me. I can't be you. You see, all of us have a unique path, a unique plan, and a unique purpose. I mean, there's a reason why God had me grow up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was part of God's path for my life. There's a re- see when all my other all their classmates, they were going to University of Pittsburgh, they were going to Penn State, they were going to all these Pennsylvania schools, but yet God had another path for me to be in alignment with his plan for me to get me to a place where I could function in my purpose. So finally, when I, I went to the university, see, see, if I wouldn't have followed God's path for me, I would have never met my wife. We would have never had our children. But because I stayed on the path that God had for me, the path led to God's plan for my life. And the plan of God leads to God's purpose in my life. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about If you look in this crowd, how many people actually even grew up here in Texas? Probably not many. Maybe some, but not many. It's because God, watch this, knew the path you needed to take and he knew the plan for this church and he knew the purpose of this ministry and so he locked all those things together in to get you here, said you could serve out the purposes of God in your life. Embrace authentic self. And so Saul tries to put the armor on David David said, this doesn't work for me. And and, and here's the thing. I believe that God would not allow Saul's armor to ever fit on David. See, the problem is, see, if God would have allowed Saul's armor to fit on David, then when David won the victory, Saul could have got the credit. (laughs) But see, we serve a God who doesn't give credit to anybody else. He wants all the glory for himself. So he says, in order, for, in order for me to get the glory out of this victory for you against Goliath, well, I got, I got to make sure that what his plan, his plan was to put his armor on you. But that, David, I have a better plan for you, and I have a unique plan for you that is tailored to the life that I created for you. And so he says, you know what, Saul, I can't take this armor But here's what I can do. I'm going to do what I know. I know how to get some rocks together. I know how to get a slingshot. And I just told you God doesn't use what you don't have. He uses what you have. (laughs) So he takes the slingshot and he takes the rocks and he defeats Goliath by not being like Saul, but being himself. Do, do, do you realize that you are enough with God? Come on. Come on. You realize you don't have to be like somebody else to get results. This is why most people want to be like other people, because you want their results. You don't realize the process they had to go through, but you want their results. And God has a specific plan tailor-made just for you so that he can get the glory and not somebody else. Embrace your authentic self. God created all men as equals, not sequels. And so David, he he comes to this place. I'm getting down to my last point, point number eight, where he he's 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 defeated Goliath, tremendous victory. But how many of you know if you study the life of David, how many know his his life was not just full of victories? He also had some defeats. He also made some bad decisions. The Bible talks about how he he sees Bathsheba bathing. He plots to to kill her husband Uriah. He kills her, has her husband Uriah killed, gets Bathsheba uh, pregnant. The The Bible says that God sends the prophet Nathan to confront David. He confronts David. David repents but he still has to suffer the consequences of his actions and he loses their first son. And at that point, David has to make a decision. Point number eight, a winner's falling place is never their ending place. This is where I fail, I know it, But this, 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 this can't be my end. This, this cannot be where it all ends. And David makes the decision. I know I messed up. I know I blew it. But you know what? The first child didn't work out because of my disobedience and, 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 and my evil plan to have Uriah killed. But here's what we're going to do, Bathsheba. We're going to try again. We're going to try again. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 11 and 3. It says, if a tree falls to the south or it falls to the north, and the place where the tree falls, there it shall be. And that's the problem that most people have in life. They think that the place where they've fallen is where they're always going to be. But David said, no, this is not going to be my ending. And he tries again with Bathsheba, and the Bible says that they have another son by the name of Solomon. And I'll know Solomon was the wisest man who ever, worked, who ever walked on the face of the planet. Because David refused to allow his falling place to be his ending place. He refused to do it. And many of you, even now, you may be in in situations where you've fallen, you've done things that are not pleasing to God or things have happened in your life. I got a word for you. Your falling place is not your ending place. Just like David rose up and tried again, you can rise up yourself and try again. And so as we cultivate this winning mentality... A quick review, a winner always gives their best effort. A winner has a cause that is greater than himself. A winner will calculate risk versus reward. A winner is willing to do what others won't do. A winner knows how to handle critics and doubters. A winner knows the power of preparation. A winner embraces their authentic self. And a winner's falling place is not their ending place. Let's stand for the word of God. Did you get anything out of this word? You know, I want to end this by giving someone an opportunity.